When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Laura Crawford. Laura's my co-host today. Yeah. And it's almost more like I'm Laura's co-host today. (gasps) I'm steering this shit, baby. Because this episode was Laura's idea. Yes. And inspiration. I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) Oh, going to be a lot of speaking of women in space. (laughs) Hers was fine. Sally. Sally's ride went fine. Yeah. Ride Sally ride. Right. How's it going? Going fantastic, going good. I just did a show last night. I know you just saw Joker. So I saw Joker last night, so it's as if I, I did a show also. Yeah, yeah. It's like you went to a comedy show. There was a guy who clearly has lots of mental problems and yeah. issues with food. And, and uh, he does stand up. And he does stand up. And uh, the show, the, the movie was not that great. That's what I've heard. If I'm being completely honest. I, think I do the, believe the rumor mill. I think the good reviews are... I, I think history will will look negatively on good reviews of this movie. Not from not for any political reason. Mm-hmm. I just think it's not a good movie. It's long and boring, and the big twists are really, really fucking obvious. And yep. ugh, I didn't. The more I thought about it after I watched it, the less and less I liked it. Mm. Joaquin Phoenix. His performance is good, but he's a good actor. It's like Joaquin he's, Phoenix, yeah, he's good in a lot of things. It's a Joaquin in the park for him. Wow. Wow. Everyone just turned this episode off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for coming in, Laura. See you later. Yeah, that's been... I'm going to take it from here. I'm going to let Winter host this episode because you've proven (laughs) so incompetent. She has to keep getting kicked out of the room. I got to figure out a better setup for all this. Uh, So what are we talking about today anyway? Today we are talking about the lost cosmonauts theory. The lost cosmonauts conspiracy theory. This is near and dear to my heart because it kind of plays into one of my favorite movies that everyone hates, which is Apollo 19. What? Which is a found footage horror movie. Oh, okay. That takes place on a space shuttle mission in the... or No, no, I don't think space shuttle, but uh, one of our trips to the moon. Right. And it's supposed to be our, like, lost... Our secret trip to the moon that ended in disaster, so we didn't tell anyone. And then Mm -hmm. they found the footage. And part of the plot of that is that there were cosmonauts who made it to the moon and died there. Uh And history just covered it up. Exactly. That is pretty much in the vein we're talking about. It is incredible to me how well-known moon landing conspiracies are. And uh, most people who like conspiracy theories are very aware of, you know, People say we didn't get to the moon or they're very quick to know a lot about NASA related conspiracies. But I had never heard of this cosmonauts theory until very recently. And uh, so you're not dancing around it. Uh, So this theory basically states that unsuccessful Soviet space missions and the cosmonauts who flew in them, they were covered up by authorities to avoid negative publicity during the Cold War. Right. And that's pretty much it. It covers a lot of different examples, but that's your basic theory you're working with. Right. Russia did do a lot of first in the space race and they potentially did other things before even their successful missions that they covered up because they weren't uh, they didn't meet their their standards or the people who were involved were damaged afterwards in some way that they couldn't claim them as successful pilots. Right. Yeah. And it is um, when I first heard about it, I was immediately uh, believing I was, you know. I was very open to believing that that was the case because, you know, I think you can understand why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I host a conspiracy theory podcast like there's there's a lot. I don't have any trouble believing 
a lot of this. There's a thing at the end that I think, and it, I, I think there can be some holes poked in it, but right. uh, yeah, the idea that, because it seems like the general idea is that because Russia did put the first man in space, in right? space, but the idea is they tried a couple other times yes, and it failed uh-huh. and they just covered that part up. Which, of course. Yes, it makes total sense. And everybody who's kind of familiar with history knows that uh, the USSR famously uh, airbrushed people out of photos after they became, you know, political pariahs or they were disappeared in the gulags. And people are very aware of how history has been edited by propaganda agents within the Soviet Union. And they've disappeared people who didn't they like. So stands to reason if there were failed cosmonauts or if there were cosmonauts that were fucked up after their missions, they would cover it up. That makes total sense. And I totally get why people would believe that. But in doing my research, I am, as are the experts, very thoroughly convinced that all of these cases are bullshit. <laughs> they bring up and there's numerous ones and they are nearly all proven to be total horseshit. Right. But for interesting reasons. So we can get into that as we go on. Yeah. But uh, the story that I wanted to tell first, I don't know if you found this as thrilling as I did, but it was about Valentin Bondarenko. Yes. Okay. So the whole reason I got into the Lost Cosmonauts thing was that I was, re- I think it was maybe today I learned or something else where I was talking about the horrific death of this uh, cosmonaut training uh, pilot named Valentin Bondarenko. And uh, basically in na- April 1960, this young man, he's selected uh, for an elite cosmonaut training program with 19 other guys. And uh, they're trying to fly the Volstock spacecraft, which is what Yuri Gagarin took into space for the first man in space. So they, they get selected in March. They start training a month later. And then about like a year later, so Valentin is training. He's in this 15-day endurance experiment. Right. He's on day 10. And uh, it's at the Institute of Biomedical Problems in Moscow. What a name. What a name. The Institute of Biomedical Problems. The Institute of Biomedical Problems. Like they make problems. (laughs) It's the Institute of Problems. We produce problems here. Of a biomedical nature. And in this case, they did produce a fucking problem for this guy. They really did. So Valentin was working in a low pressure altitude chamber with an atmosphere release 50% oxygen. So that's not a normal uh, scenario that anyone on Earth would be in. At the end of his shift, which I imagine was probably like very long, he, uh, <laughs> he takes off the biosensors that are on his body. You know, those little sticky pad things that you would right. you were getting an EKG or something. And he washed his skin with a cotton ball he'd soaked in alcohol. When he finished, he tossed it towards the waste bin. Instead of landing in the waste bin, the cotton ball landed on this hot plate that he had been using in the chamber to make tea. <laughs> the ball burst into flames and he tries to cover the smother the flames with his coverall sleeve, but that sleeve ignited. So a doctor was monitoring this experiment, but he couldn't get the chamber door open to free him for 30 minutes because it was the, the pressure differences between right. internal and external. So Valentin is finally rushed to a hospital and he has third degree burns over so much of his body that the only place they can get an IV in is in his feet. Yeesh. To start treatment. So after 16 hours, he dies of shock. And during this time, Yuri Gagarin, who's the first man in space, he's at his bedside because they're cosmonaut training buddies. And uh, he was 24 years old, Valentin. And then three weeks later, Yuri Gagarin's in space. It's just insanely that's, tragic. Yeah. And uh, so he was the youngest member of and his cosmonauts. And that's a confirmed class. story. That's not that like is a confirmed United story. States so propaganda. I'll get into what, how people learned about this. So it, it was also, I was just thinking weird to think about his age. So he, when 1957 Sputnik 1 launches, Valentin just graduated high, uh, flight school. Flight school. So that's how young he is. So his nickname right. was Tinkerbell. Oh, which that doesn't adorable. seem nice. Well, Valentin Jr. He's the youngest guy. So yeah. basically, he had been filmed and photographed training with cosmonauts, but the press never reported his death in this experiment. It was completely covered up. No one reported it. And then he was photoshopped out of key pictures with other cosmonauts after he died. And then his death... Airbrushed out, probably. Airbrushed not out. photoshopped Sorry. out. Sorry. Airbrushed out. You're right. Also, trademark, it's a whole lot, yeah. also, trademark product. <laughs> going to be our uh, bonus episode did photoshop <laughs> exist in the 70s yeah it was invented by hedy lamar after she invented <laughs> the internet uh so uh, the public there's these rumors going around that uh he had died in a failed flight experiment and that other guys had died in failed flight experiments so In 1980, the details of his death are reported in the West, and then Soviet citizens learned about that accident in a news article six years later. 
So not till 86. 86. But think about how slow that information flow is. Just in time for Chernobyl to happen. Exactly. And for them to forget about all of it. Yes. So here is a confirmed case of a cosmonaut's death being covered up. Right. And him being airbrushed out of photos and his death not being reported and that causing a rumor mill to swirl that it was the same thing repeated. So that's a confirmed true case. So in that case, he's is sort of a lost cosmonaut. Right. But the other cases we're going to go to are not like that at all. No, they are a little more as fantastical as that tale is. Yeah. They get crazier. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, if you love the idea of the tragic, horrific death of a beautiful young man burning in flames for a half hour while scientists can't do anything. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. So the real question. uh, So we talk about this this movie that's available on Amazon called The Cosmonaut Cover Up. And that is a, a really good resource to watch about. Kind of explaining more of this theory. It's a, you said it's a 1999 documentary. And it looks it. Oh, <laughs> nice. yes. That's that's the best. They just all sound like frontline episodes. Tonight, we're going to talk about this. Oh, yeah. The documentaries are very different now. Yeah, I should have watched. I didn't have time to watch the documentary for this because you're leading the, I'm chilling <sighs> no, this week. Lay back, man. Yeah. yeah. Or unless you're Errol, Errol Morris, his documentaries are different. Right. I like to see Errol Morris do an Ancient Aliens episode. That would be pretty great. Yeah, I should mention next week's bonus episode. Me and Laura are mm-hmm. uh, recapping Ancient Aliens Season 1, Episode 1. Maybe we're going to do them all. 14 fucking seasons. Catch up with us four years from now. Is there going to be a country by the time we get through that? Probably not. No, no. We're going to be hiding from cannibals. Yeah, we'll be marauding by then. Our, uh, with the elect- electricity generator. Sending it on a Morse code. But we're still going to record those episodes. They're very important. Yeah. We love continuity more than anything. (laughs) So the real question here about um, man's, you know, quest to conquer space. The Soviets are kicking our ass for a very long time, which everyone acknowledges. Right. Uh, And the first man in space uh, was a cheeky young gent. He's beautiful, gorgeous, golden boy. Looks like she bought on a package of bread uh, named Yuri Gagarin. And Yuri Gagarin had a beautiful smile. And it was amazing to me that the Soviets actually could find someone who was as smiley as this young man is. Have you seen him? Yeah. In a, at a time when there's not a lot to smile about I was in, in the Soviet <laughs> Union. And especially one thing you always hear about Russia in general, and I'm uh-huh. assuming this applied to the Soviet Union also, yeah. is smiling too much. It's is regarded as a sign of idiocy. Yeah. People are like, what the fuck are you so happy about? Mm-hmm. We're in Russia. Frown. It's, it's Give us a frown. You look also, pretty when you frown. Yeah, it's a bit feminine, you know, to be yeah. so smiley, you know. But, but Yuri was, so, much, yeah, he was a much softer national hero than I thought that they would pick. But they had they were competing with, like, we sent our prettiest up into space at first, mm-hmm. too. Like, we sent real Aryan archetype <laughs> sort of fellas. Well, also they were test pilots. So yeah. It's like, yeah, they're military fit and you know, yeah, they look like GI Joe characters. Yeah. So Russia's clean. not going to send some fucking vodka swilling schlub up there. No, I just imagine they would do more of a hard looking man, you know, with like, you yeah. know, like a cut jaw and like, well, it was a, probably like how, when you see those dogs walking upright, then you see the behind oh. the scenes video and it's someone beating them with a shoe while they stand in the corner. <laughs> So they probably had to beat the smiles. Yeah, into Yuri him. had like little strings that they would pull at the yeah. side of his mouth. <laughs> Smile. So uh, that cosmonaut cover up. Uh, the synopsis of that film is: It turns out. What voice should we do for this? It turns out. It turns out. Uh, I like that first one. It turns out. <laughs> it turns out Yuri Gagarin was not the first man in space, but was preceded by another Soviet cosmonaut who crash landed, was severely injured, and his identity kept secret until now. Oh no. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You found me out. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this is the theory. And uh, the dude in question, uh, who they say possibly uh, was the first man in space, Vladimir Ilyushin. 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 And why? Sometimes, no. Other times, yes. Um, Does the conspiracy theory character have to have a last name that's so close to illusion? It's like, come on. I know. Don't do this. You know, Tito Vodka, Tito Beverage. Yeah. Nominative determinism. You ever heard that phrase? I have. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise, the guy who runs uh, the company that makes Rascal Scooters. (laughs) Perfect fucking name. 
Laura Crawford, of course. I ferry crows across water. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> nothing with my last Adam's name. Adam's full does, of shit. Doesn't involve shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a child. So Good Vladimir Illusion. Yeah, Vladimir Illusion. So uh, this man was, his father designed spacecraft uh he designed spacecraft and pilot and uh, uh, aircraft for the Soviet Union. This is very famous uh, vaulted, uh, you know, uh, I guess engineer. Right. And um, Vladimir Ilyushin. Have you seen what this dude looks like? No, I did not look up pictures of this guy. He is not cute. Oh, yeah. He's well, not so cute. of course you send him up as the test dummy. <laughs> you burn oh, the ugly ones. Yeah, he's not cute. He looks a bit froggish. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't put it's like it Pepe. Any other way. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit. Yeah, he's, he's a Pepe a little, the Frog he's little, type. He's a little Pepe. A little Pepish. Get a Pepe. He's got a, a little Pep in his a step. bit of the Pep in his step. <laughs> Yeah, they were uh, leading the way in everything. And still, they were trolling us with those memes then. So who the hell is this guy? Uh, Major General Vladimir Sergeyevich, Sergeyevich Ilyushin. I'm going to do that accent as much as possible. Please. A Soviet general and test pilot and son of aerospace engineer Sergei Ilyushin. And uh, most of his career was spent as a test pilot for the Sukhoi OKB. And then he went on to become a rugby union administrator inducted to the World Rugby Hall of Fame in 2013. Sure, sure. Like you do, a man of many stripes. As one does. Yeah. But it also sounds like the kind of job you'd get if the government was trying to get you to keep a secret for your entire oh, life. Oh, right, right. They they're like, all right, what up. are you going to give me? And they're like, <laughs> you want to run a, lug- a rugby league? Yeah. How about that? I think it was, yeah, because that re- reminds me of um, Miracle, you know, the Miracle on Ice when the Soviets were beaten by the Americans. Watching the ESPN uh, feature about that 30 for 30, and they were talking about how, I believe the guy was the first hockey coach, one of them. He was somehow involved in the plane crash that killed Stalin's son. Oh, correct, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that there was a connection with that, and it was sort of a shifted move you know, within the realm of politics to get him out of focus of serious shit, make him go coach hockey. Oh. When they didn't know what hockey was. Interesting. But this dude is a, uh, definitively a badass. Like, Vladimir Lucian is a fucking crack pilot. He's one of the best fucking pilots that you could ever think of. And how ace a pilot was this fucker? He was a test pilot on the Sukhoi uh, Su-24. His flight course was so precise, he caused a software crash in the aircraft instrumentation. Laura, how does that happen? <laughs> So the software they were using in this Navitax system didn't have a null function. I had to look up what that was. It failed to proceed after it hit the machine zero. His actual geographical position became identical to the mission target input into the software. No one had expected any pilot to meet this objective, and there was no provision in the software for it. That's crazy. Yes. So he flew so perfect, the software was like... Crashed. Yeah, there's no one, no one could be flying this perfect. Yes. It overloaded the system and they couldn't handle it. They pretty much determined these aerospace engineers could not believe that someone could mechanically fly so perfectly. That sounds that sounds about Russian. That sounds about like the don't smile too much thing. It's like, why are you happy? Like, why would you assume any of us would be that perfect? Don't, don't even fucking put it in the software. Could be that perfect. But this was really a, a capstone moment for me or something that was really revelatory. And that I was like, what, what do I love about the Soviet Union? Highs and lows. The highest highs, the lowest <laughs> fucking lows. Yeah, we killed 7 million of our own people, but we're super fucking perfect that piloting and ballet exactly. in the Olympics were excellent. <laughs> but just that human endeavor of like reaching so high and also being so degraded and just so fucked up. Yeah. I love it. I love the dichotomy. It's so fun. But he's that fucking crack of pilot as opposed to Yuri Gagarin, who had kind of like Bondarenko just finished flight school a few years earlier and was a good pilot. Right. But he wasn't the top pilot. And his dad wasn't an aerospace engineer for the party. You know, he wasn't famous. Like the Lucians were famous. They were celebrities. I mean, this is an era I think we kind of forget about it now. But you look at like the Green Lantern and shit like that. 60s test pilots were kind of famous. Yeah. And it's... It kind of stands to reason that this guy would have been first. That it would have if chosen he was him. that good. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to choose someone to be in a space mission, assuming they meet all the physical protocol and all yada yada, whatever eyesight is good, right. not too tall, um, you would assume they would choose him. That would make the most sense uh, because of his family's position and who he was and how well he was fucking flying. 
So there is a theory that states that uh, he was the first man in orbit and not Yuri Gagarin. And uh, kind of why they say that uh, this was not reported. So the claim is that there was a failure aboard the spacecraft and it caused controllers to bring the descending capsule down several orbits earlier than they had intended. And as a result of this, Illusion crash landed in the People's Republic of China. And then he was supposedly held by the Chinese authorities for a year before they gave him back to the Soviet Union. Right. So this is the theory. Basically, is that Vladimir Lushin flew. The mission got fucked up. He lost consciousness during part of it. He did extra orbits, landed in the wrong place, landed in China, which they had very strained negative relations with the USSR at that time. They held him for a year and then returned him. And this is supposing that the Russians pulled off like a secret space mission. Secret launch. Yes, a secret launch that was, well, there's some evidence in the press that did report this story, that did report a flight by illusion. The dates get very important and sort of weird to put things on a timeline. So uh, in 1961, April 10th, uh, the Daily Worker, which is a communist newspaper that's in the West, uh, they report... Use code UNPOPS at checkout for 15% off your subscription. <laughs> to the Daily Worker. Yeah. People who listen to this don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So they reported that test pilot Yushin was uh, never in a car wreck. So, okay. So the official Soviet story, one of the things that they claimed was that Illusion was in a car accident and that it would have been impossible that's for him he... to fly because he was in a car wreck. And that because how high profile of a figure was this guy? He, he was reported on in the press. I mean, he was kind of a celebrity. So he, at some point, whether he was injured in a space flight or a car accident, yeah. had to like disappear from the public he eye for a while. He was in hospital for a while, yeah, or getting treated uh, for a car wreck or possibly a failed space flight. So uh, they said that he was never in a car wreck and that he had uh, failed on this orbital splice, uh, space flight on the 7th. So this is the 10th of April. So they're saying three days earlier, this dude was not in a car wreck. He was in a space flight that failed. And, huh. Yeah. So Yuri Gagarin launches on April 9th. So this story hits the press the day after Yuri Gagarin goes into space. They say, bullshit. It was this dude. He just did it three days ago. Mm. So the timeline's very close. Everything on here is, you know, with the yeah. Americans and the Soviets, that's very close in timeline, and this is very close. So then uh, French, this French broadcaster, Edouard Bobrovsky, he also reported a similar story, but he said that the launch date was back in March and that uh, Lucian had gone to a coma afterwards. Huh. It, it's very odd. So in uh, later in 1961, the U.S. News and World Report claimed Gagarin never even flew. He was just a cover up for the injured Lucian. So no one successfully? No, they say that. Ilyushin did fly, but he was injured in the process, and they claim that Yuri Gagarin never flew at all. Oh, okay. So they made Gagarin the face of it to make it seem like it yeah. went better than it did? Yeah. yeah. Some people mm. were saying that Gagarin didn't even fly to cover it up. Like, there was no attempt to do another launch a couple days later. Interesting. It's very bizarre. And then uh, Kenneth Gatland in 67 wrote a book, and he kind of talks about it, about this story, and he says that... Um, there was just all this secrecy around the Cosmon training program in general. And then the secrecy kind of started breaking down. And there was a rumor from Moscow that a Russian cosmonaut had been launched in secret on April 7th, which is a Friday. And then a BUP, which is the Department of Propaganda, I think, messaged to London at midnight on April 11th, quoted unidentified sources as suggesting that the cosmonaut was still undergoing physical examination by Soviet scientists, that he was suffering from post-flight effects of a nature more emotional than physical. Yeah, I read that part. Yeah. BUP continued, is reported that the astronaut was a professional test pilot and son of a prominent aircraft designer. Russian foreign journalists are maintaining a round-the-clock vigil waiting for an official announcement. However, official sources still maintain absolute science. Silence. Absolute science. (laughs) Absolute silence. They didn't deny or conform the reports. So Hmm. the Guinness Book of World Records gave the Phantom Cosmonauts credence by including Illusion's flight in their 1964 edition. Yeah, this is like this is all happening at such a weird time in not just Russian history, but also United States history. Very because obviously great secrecy. We knew that governments were doing these kind of secret programs, obviously, because of the atom. Yeah, but not just that, but also such a time for propaganda and misinformation. Right. So it 
I would be equally inclined to believe the version where Illusion goes up in space, gets hurt, and they make Gregorian the face of it. Gagarin, sorry. Gagarin. 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 I could see them making him the face of it, or I could see it went as Russia said it did in the United States, put this story out and was like, no, they sent someone else up first and he got hurt. So it's not really as cool as it seems. <laughs> and then they're like, put it in the Guinness Book of World Records. Do let's, it. Let's troll these motherfuckers. US News Report, yeah. And it's also a time when obviously Moscow is rife with rumors and that's the nature of the kind of secrecy that they had was people were always getting uh, anonymous sources and they were always getting, you know, everyone had their sources and obviously it's a time of great, you know, spy espionage is at its peak it's the cold war so that doesn't surprise me that there was a lot of information and misinformation coming out of moscow no one's surprised by that um but it's interesting in that cosmonaut cover of thing their evidence for why this is plausible one of the things they mention is that um khrushchev is in moscow at the time of ayushin's launch alleged launch so april 7th khrushchev's in moscow right but when Yuri Gagarin launched a couple of days later, he's on vacation. That is legitimately strange to me. Yes. There's a theory that Khrushchev was so disheartened or pissed off, whatever you want to say, of the failure of Illusion's flight that he had to go on vacation. <laughs> Girl, I need a Manny Petty. I am spent. <laughs> it does seem like weird timing. It is odd timing that they would have the first man going into space and the president would be on vacation. Yeah, but would ran, but would be at the same location where the first man goes into space mm-hmm. a couple days later or a couple days earlier. Yeah, for no particular reason. He's in reason. Moscow a couple days la- a couple days earlier, which would make sense if they were going to announce a huge, you know, massive accomplishment like that. Yeah, he would need to be there to official answer to the press or whatever. That is an odd. Yeah, coincidence. yeah, mm-hmm. that's bizarre. And then um, there's. The other evidence they point to has to do more with China. But the whole China angle kind of proves and disproves it. It's very cute. China, good work. They're very interesting because, uh, like I said, you know, Soviet-Sino relations at this time were very strained. The Soviets and the Chinese did not get al- along as you would assume they would, I guess. Are people aware of that? That they kind of fucking hated each other to an extent? Yeah. I, I think people. I think people just aren't sure either way. Yeah. Because China is that... Like they're always kind of a wild card where people care about China. People always have to sort of get along with China, Mm -hmm. but no one ever really gets along with China. Right. Like they don't have a ton of friends. They just always doing their own thing. Yeah. Total self-interest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, the story here is that he crash landed in China. Yes. He crash landed in China, which it's strange that if he had this, if that had happened, this, the Chinese could have used that as a major propaganda tool. Yeah. They could have, you know how, I mean, it makes me think of when people would defect to the Soviet Union or in Vietnam when they would get soldiers to read those like false right. confessions and promote um, the cause of the North or whatever it is. You know, when you brainwash your captives and then they're like, I agree with my captors. Fuck America. You know, and they're dead right. looking at the camera. They could have easily done that. They could have said, oh, fuck you, Russian scientists. I'm not going to do a Chinese accent. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Russian scientists. We got your boy and we're going to kill him. You yeah, know what I, mean? I can't picture China not doing making some, some announcement that, hey, a fucking Russian astronaut crash landed in China. And had they made that announcement, I can't picture that not being... Huge news in the United States. Of course it would, because it would have been that this man was in space and is now there and they have him captive. And it would have been obviously a huge embarrassment to the Soviet Union and lost a lot of, you know, probably support for space programs in general. I think a lot of people would have been even more cautious about whether that's something they really want to engage in. And yeah, the Chinese would have jumped on that moment and that didn't happen. But weird fact, after Yuri Gagarin goes to space... All the other countries of the world basically send uh, Russia these notes or messages of congratulations. Clean the U.S., you know, they just, you know, congratulations, he did the first fucking man in space. China didn't send them one. Mm. But in all subsequent space launches, they did send them congratulations. Interesting. Mm. Almost to say, we know this is bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, that's, it's, it's possible as much as i want to believe oh, well china would have used this as some kind of bargaining chip maybe yeah. they did maybe yeah, they we w- went to russia and were like 
we got your boy. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do uh, in exchange for us keeping this quiet? So they might have exactly. done that in Russia, just gave them what they wanted. So they didn't go like Russia may have been blackmailed. True. They very well could have happened. There's no evidence for it that anyone can attest to. Like no one's come out and said later right. that they were privy to such information. But who would? I don't know. Like who would Ooh. in Russia? Well, no, I'm on the Chinese side. That's not yeah. come out either. It's not come out on either side that any of them can fully purport that there was any bargaining tools. But twist, another twist, even twist Twist. Here, twist. Illusion actually was traced to a Chinese health resort. He was in China around the time of uh, this alleged crash, but he was at a health resort in Hangzhou, and he had been there for a while. Uh, he had a serious leg injury in a road accident in the previous June. Interesting. So he was at the Moscow uh, Traumatology Hospital. <laughs> Why are they so good at naming things? Oh, my God. They make traumas and biomedical <laughs> we problems. We <study> traumas <laughs> and the traumatology. Oh, my God. Traumatology would be the great name of a, uh, like a Janet Jackson album about yeah. childhood. <laughs> we are in traumatology. You can take that, Janet. You get uh, Jimmy Jam. What Jimmy they? Jam and Terry Lewis. Jam and yeah. Lewis. Sure. Terry Lewis. I would say Terry Lewis, but that to me just sounds like Sherry Lewis or a guy who played in the NFL that I don't know about. I'm sure there was a Terry Lewis in the <laughs> NFL as well. I would put dozens of pennies on Maybe he played for the Vikings. That's where Jam and Lewis were from, Minnesota. Yes, it's true. It's so cold, it keeps out the bad people. <laughs> That's what Prince would say, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, it's so cold, it keeps out assholes or something. <laughs> That makes sense. I know. Somehow he survived. So he had been at the Moscow Traumatology Hospital, Ilyushin, and he remained bedridden at home until January 61, and he was still walking with a cane. Hmm. So the odds of someone who had just been in a, if he was in a road accident, walking with a cane are, but when you trace this back, you really see the sort of overlapping information that different stories present, because some people said he was in a coma. Some people said he was in a was in a road accident. Some people said he was emotionally disturbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of different you know theories about what's going on with this dude. So one of the things that really pops a hole in this whole deal is they claim that Ilyushin his mission got fucked up and he did uh, he was only supposed to go on a single orbit, but they're claiming that he did multiple orbits. And that just doesn't make any sense. It would be like impossible to happen. Yeah. How would multiple orbits work? You just They say that that's why he landed in China, because he was swinging around and couldn't land in Russia. So he was like going up into orbit and then coming yeah, he was like, yeah, out rotating. and then going back? I don't, I don't know what Because I doing. feel like getting into orbit is the worst part of a space Yeah, flight. and then he was uh, rotating around the Earth, I believe. Weird. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not an aerospace engineer. You're not? not? No. You had no. me fooled. I mean, I'm four credits shy, so it's yeah. close enough. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not at all. So <laughs> that's a good disclaimer to put out there. The whole story of extra orbits doesn't make sense. Uh, the NORAD tracking stations have no record of this launch. And uh, press secretary of the White House, uh, Mr. Challenger, he said the U.S. government had no information of a Soviet launching on the day. And then essentially it's just there's hundreds of photos that have been released pre and post USSR collapse. And there's not one that shows illusion in cosmonaut training or a launch. And I know what you're saying. They, photo, they airbrush people out. But right. I was about to say that. A lot of the photos that they have, they do, they are on airbrush and showed people that were later disappeared. And Ilyushin's not in any of them. Mm. And no one else in the cosmonaut training program has ever said that they worked with him. Weird. Nobody else will say that they worked with him. And uh, so no official documents, no, not even a single paper has ever been produced that would verify him as a cosmonaut. And uh, there's like no firsthand witness accounts. There's one guy who says it in this documentary, but Ilyushin himself refused to get on camera for that documentary. They went to Russia and he said he would participate. And then the last moment he said no. And a lot of people are saying he was worried about, and this is 1999. So it's not like he's worried about uh, re retribution from the KGB or something. Well, he's an old man and tons of people yeah. had come out and said things that were, you know, but that was, that was at a point where, yeah, it, it was at a point where Russia was still, they were sort of transitioning from, they had that period where they were really open and honest about how their government worked. Yeah. 
And that happened like kind of under the Boris Yeltsin reign. And toward the end of that, yeah, there was was it Glasnost? There was openness. Yeah, and toward the end of that is when Putin takes power for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. and that all happens around ninety eight, ninety nine, like around the time of the Russian apartment bombings. Yes. So it's possible he was already back into that point in Russian history where they were leaning on people to not to not talk about the shit past. like this. It's possible. It definitely is possible. But uh, Ilyushin died in 2010 and going to his grave claimed that he that didn't happen. He never participated in the launch. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. The the Russian, the Khrushchev thing is weird. The other thing that they point to, one of the things that they say uh, as sort of it's very soft evidence. But uh, Gagarin in his later life, he didn't live very long. He died in a uh, failed uh, piloting mission. Uh, testing equipment um, as a test pilot in I think 67 or 68 mm-hmm. and people find that death suspicious um, yeah Any, anytime someone dies in close proximity to a possible conspiracy or an equipment made by the government suspicious yeah <laughs> and people were saying that he had developed a, a nasty drinking problem he was really acting depressed and out of control and reportedly threw a glass of champagne in Brezhnev's face. Jesus. <laughs> Which these are rumors, though. There's nothing that really can be, um, no, you couldn't, it wouldn't hold up in court. Right. It's all hearsay and rumors. And some people claim that he was a real drunk. Other people have downplayed that. So the, the link there is there's claiming that, well, you know, Gagarin was guilty because he knew he wasn't the first man in space. Yeah. It was just that guilt eating away at him and making him pour that vodka out like it was, you know, fucking New Orleans on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's that's the thing with any. I really struggled to finish that sentence. You did, but you brought it home. Fuck me. Yeah, you, you brought it around. I'm sorry. Yeah, you see that a lot, too. Like that. That's the thing with a conspiracy theory is because you're always working with information that isn't certain mm-hmm. there's details like that that could go either way it could be yeah well he's obviously something is eating him up inside but and it's Buzz like Aldrin said that he became an alcoholic after he came back because he just didn't feel like he had a purpose anymore yeah it like it could be anything and you know like gagarin could have fucking murdered someone and mm-hmm. it just that was eating him up and we don't know about that like you know like those well, he are was tired of touring and doing publicity shit yeah like there's there's any number of things that could play into someone becoming an alcoholic and dying young yeah or of yeah suffering depression or of semen publicly not able to hold it together like, although he was going on international press tours all the fucking still time still letting him do test flights they didn't let him do it until a long time later they they wouldn't let him um mm. Uh, after he came back, he was not put in space very often, kind of because he was a national asset and a national hero and they didn't want something to go wrong and kill him. Like it happened to one of his best friends, Komarov died in an accident. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there was an attempt to kind of shield him from uh, potentially dangerous situations in that case. To me though, I am not convinced that Vladimir Lucian was the first man in space. I'm not yeah, there's not, um, yeah. there's not enough evidence there really to say one way or another it seems possible but also it's sort of a boy it's, who cries it's just situation. as possible yeah. that it wasn't possible like it's it's could go either way right on this with soviet union conspiracy uh, with ussr conspiracy theories i feel like it's a very boy who cried wolf type of thing right yeah because they've covered up deaths and they've killed people and they've disappeared people and they've done fucked up shit so many times before it's really hard to buy that they didn't do it in these cases right and it's, but it's, it's just as easy for me because the thing about him not being in any of those pictures that have become or declassified, papers, nothing, something about that makes me feel like this story could have also been like a disinformation thing that was planted by another government, maybe even us Yeah, to just kind of put some, some, some taint on the story yes. for Russia. Because yeah. that's the kind of shit, like, we do that, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt that we're active in social media misinformation campaigns in other countries. Oh, we are, for sure. Uh, just like Russia is in ours. And back then, we were doing the same things Russia was doing. Like, that that's a thing that happens. Like, we spread in misinformation about countries we don't like. We villainize, it's so true, yeah. That, this could have just as easily been that. Certainly, totally could have been that. And... uh 
Yeah, gosh, I just blanked out of that. But it is it's totally believable and it is lacking in enough official evidence to make it unbelievable. Yeah. The thing that's very sad to me, though, is I know it comes out. Everything is so close on these dates. But if you fly three days after the first man in space, I feel like you should still find that to be a massive accomplishment. Even if Yuri Gagarin was not the first man in space. Yeah. It's 36 hours later he's in space. You know, it's just. Yeah, I that was a race. And I know it comes down to these close because he but. still would have been first, right? He would have been first successful because yeah. if you're saying our mission is to put a man in space, single orbit, return safely to the USSR. Yuri Gagarin completed that and Vladimir Lushin did not. Right. What makes it seem unlikely to me did Russia have that kind of money at the time That's to send a one craft up and it breaks down and they immediately have another one to send? They did not. That's a really good point that uh, Russia did not have that kind of money. I know that people are saying, you know, they always point to data about how, um, what was it, 10% of the uh, budget in the 60s was put toward NASA with the space race. Yeah, something like that. And they sort of believe that because Russia had such an uh, Russia, USSR, because USSR had such a vested interest in the uh, success of the Soviet space program that they would throw any amount of money at it and there was just sky's the limit on the budget. The truth of the matter is with the Cosmonauts program it was not like the it was not like NASA. They had different competing departments who were working on space related projects and there's a lot of evidence that Khrushchev was not initially uh, as crazy about promoting the space race as people make it sound he was more interested in uh, long-range missiles icbms right so he wanted a lot of rocket scientists to build missiles he didn't really give a shit as much about you know the science breakthroughs and you know blah blah, blah. we sent a dog to space he's like fuck it i want to blow things up i don't care about a dog in space yeah um so good puppy oh like uh but um yeah there's that aspect of it that the whole just setup of those programs were completely different than they were in the U.S. And it was not as concentrated and it was didn't have the money that they would have thought. They had to reuse Gagarin's uh, uniform. Right. They had to reuse Gagarin's uniform for part of it. They just, when those things crashed, that's millions of dollars and years of work just wiped out. Yeah. They don't have like, oh, we got an extra, <laughs> we got an extra rocket liner on you. Let's use that one. Yeah. That, that no. part seems unlikely. The U.S. didn't even have, NASA didn't even yeah. have like, you know. They still don't. No, they don't have extra just like, oh, and your spaceships blowing up is catastrophic to a space program. It is. And there was a case where uh, a craft had failed to launch and um, it was failing to lift off from the pad. And uh, they were told that they needed to fix it right there on the pad. Yeah. So all these scientists went out and engineers and started working on it. Yeah. And it blew up, killed them all, about 78 people. So we have some other examples. So there's other examples of, quote unquote, lost cosmonauts. Um, About 1959. So that would put us after Sputnik, before Yuri Gagarin. A high ranking Czech communist claimed that there was many unofficial space shots. And he listed that uh, Alexei Ladovsky launched inside a converted R5A rocket. And then he said also these dudes were Andrei Mitkoff, uh, Sergei Shaborin, and uh, Maria Gromova, first woman we're hearing about. Progressive. Yeah, in 59. So this is several years before. And um, in the same year, 59, uh, the space theoretician uh, Herman Oberth claimed that a pilot killed on, was killed on a suborbital ballistic flight. And uh, he provides no source. Yeah. And then, uh, this Italian news agency, the Continental, reported. I wonder what that uh, means. Uh, Cuban. Mm, mm. Nice. True. <laughs> he report, they reported, repeated the claims that a series of cosmonaut deaths had occurred on suborbital flights. And uh, these were now being revealed by a high ranking Czech communists. They identified the cosmonauts as Alexei Ladowski, Sorrenti Shaborin, Andrei Mitkow, and Maria Gromov. So not the same names. Still Very no source. kind of close and then still no source. But this next one. This next one is one of my favorites. It is a quite a stunner. Doozy. It's a doozy of a of a theory and audio to go with it. Should we listen to the audio first or do you okay. want to describe it first? I just want we'll- to tell you where this audio is coming from. So there were these two brothers who were these Italian guys. Uh, uh, I want to the Judica Cordiglia brothers. It's a hyphenated name. Judica Cordiglia. It's not a Judaica store. It's Judica Cordiglia. <laughs> so we have these two bros. 
and they have a ham radio station, kind of um, not a pirate radio. They were amateur radio enthusiasts. So they were kind of trying to hack radio broadcasts, um, government uh, communications, anything from NORAD, all that kind of stuff. They were really interested in particularly, I think, once Sputnik launched, they became really interested in uh, trying to get space transmissions uh-huh. or transmissions from you know, base to people who were in orbit or the machinery, whatever it is. Not scientists, not any, and not in any way professionally involved in uh, aeronautics or anything like that. They were in Italy, so they could have listened to the U.S. too, but they kind of chose Russia just because it's closer and they were more secret. So their whole driving passion was to uncover secrets, secret right. transmissions. And they've submitted uh, several recordings that have been uh, used as evidence for these phantom or lost cosmonauts. And we're going to listen to one that they claim was uh, a young lady who was dying in space, possibly 1961, possibly 1963. Fun times. Here we go. All right. Here we are. And they say that her name was Ludmilla, even though there's no mention of this name on the tape. So she is speaking Russian, right? Yes. Okay. I did have my friend Rod translate those as best he could. Did he generally agree with the translation? Kind of. She's saying, I can see a flame. I can I see a flame. I feel hot. I feel hot. 32, 32, 41, 41. That's the thing we were talking about when Rad was translating. He was like, she's definitely listing numbers. That's I hear her listing numbers. I don't know about the rest of it. It's kind of mumbled. So she's saying, am I going to crash? Yes, yes. I feel hot. I feel hot. I will re-enter. I will re-enter. I am listening. I feel hot. Right. That is the recording. Obviously, it is garbled significantly. The audio quality, not fantastic. And um, yeah, that's the that's what they reported to say was a, uh, a female cosmonaut named Lamilla who is re- trying to reenter the atmosphere and was burning up and dying. In 1965, uh, Carrere de la Serre, which is an Italian newspaper, publishes report of the brothers' intercepts, including the reported death of a female cosmonaut lost on uh, November 10th, 1963. Fun fact, November 10th, my birthday. Oh, nice. Happy birthday, Laura. It's right in between uh, Kristallnacht and Veterans Day. Oh, wow. So the brothers say that the heart-rending voice can be heard reporting increasing temperatures that the capsule burns up in the atmosphere. (gasps) I mean, it does... Dramatic. It does sound like that. It's just a matter of whether it's real. True. It is, of course. Yeah, that is the question. So in 1962, in uh, the issue of Fate magazine... Sounds very credible. Use code uh, on pops at checkout to get 15% <laughs> off your subscription. To Fate Magazine. I imagine guys who are into like 
ladies gloves and shoes but also read fate <laughs> magazine i don't know why journalist and radio personality frank edwards published an article entitled those lost soviet astronauts dude say fucking cosmonauts you jackal right asshole. which made headlines across the globe uh, 1965 edwards book strange world was published and it had a chapter entitled the first woman in space and they sort of uh go back and say that this was yeah the first woman in space and well he claims where, it was a married couple he claims it's married couple but the the linking factor here is uh the linking fact is uh the name ludmilla that the name has just been attached to it but it doesn't come from anywhere yeah there's no she doesn't say the name no in the video or in the audio no there's no i'm assuming there's no record of a russian cosmonaut with that name nope because <laughs> they didn't send a woman to space till 63 so they only started training women in 61 61 or so uh yeah it is just garbage um okay here we Okay, here we go. This is the history of women in space in the cosmonaut program. So the director of cosmonaut training, uh, Nikolai Kamenin, got in the idea, he got in the mood to start training some women because he read in the U.S. media that um, after Yuri's flight in 61, they were training female pilots to be astronauts. So this dude was like, oh, my God, the Americans are going to start putting women into space. In his diary, he wrote, we cannot allow that the first woman in space will be American. This would be an insult to the patriotic feelings of Soviet women. <laughs> so five female uh, cosmonauts began training in 63. So they report that this woman was crashing in 61. 61, right. And then the other guys who say that the high-ranking Czech communist, he listed a woman's name in 59. So it would be four years too early. Right. Yeah kind of bizarre uh, it's hilarious though that he really thought that uh, the americans were serious about training women because they didn't send a woman in space until 1983 yeah this is america pal Ugh, yikes yes yeah, so those papers were saying that this was you know a real deal and uh edwards that dude frank edwards who's the writer for fate magazine in his book he claims that there was a married couple <laughs> that was in space that died in this instance and their names were ludmilla and anatoly tokov and they died in each other's arms in a manufacturing capsule Man- manufacture malfunction <laughs> <laughs> manufacturing Sorry, capsule. I got a call and like on the up. like on the second season of the wire <laughs> they got a loom <laughs> <laughs> jesus kill me uh malfunctioning capsule and uh, so they say in 61 that a couple stations claim that this ha- they got transmissions of this. Madun Station, Bochum, Uppsala, Torabert, which is where the Judica, uh, Judica oh God, their names, Judica Cordiglia Brothers <laughs> just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. It really does. Easy peasy. Uh, they said that they got these uh, two cosmonauts in this capsule. Uh, they say they got this broadcast, and then initially they said the conditions were satisfactory, and then with hesitation they say, We can read the dials. The signals are not clear. However, we see nothing. Then after a five-second gap, uh, a woman's voice breaks in. I'll make it and hold tight with my right hand. Only this way we can maintain equilibrium. Look out the people. Look out the people. I have it. Then a male voice cries out. Here, here is something. There is something. It's difficult. If we do not get out, the world will never hear about it. It is difficult. See that? I can't picture people in their dying moments being like, the world will never hear about no! it. No! It's like, what? Exactly. I can picture them being like, it's hot. It's hot. I'm going to die. I'm burning up. I see a flame. Yeah. But they're not going to be like, the world will never know. What? Uh, exactly. Um, the main issue that people have with the recordings of the brothers judica cordiglia brothers and their recordings in general um the russians spoken on them is pretty shit yeah you have to you have to use the information that we have about who the cosmonauts were highly educated military people right and these transmissions you can't be dumb to go into space like no. that, it, the the two things are not conducive you have to be extremely physically fit extremely intelligent and have a military background yeah essentially so these guys and ladies were uh, supposed to be Soviet Air Force pilots, but on these recordings, they don't follow any standard communication protocols, including identifying themselves when speaking, and they don't use correct technical terminology. Yeah, that's that's a pretty clear sign that this is a fake. Yeah, the tapes contain recording. very poor Russian, broken grammar, gibberish phrases, and uh, Russian is difficult because obviously massive country. Um, 
very dialects and stuff. So a lot of people have differing opinions about what those recordings actually say. Right. Based on, you know, differences in dialects and the shitty audio quality. Fun fact, though, uh, the Judica Cordiglia's, their sister was learning Russian to help them with translation. And her level of Russian was pretty consistent with what the tapes showed. Oh, imagine that. Oh, just old sis over there. And they, do, they the have. And, and then they get a woman's voice. Oh, weird. And there's supposed to be a man in that capsule, too. And you're not hearing his voice. Um, I don't know. I've not heard the one where it's the man and the woman. I haven't heard that. Because like, I've actually I'm a, heard the audio of I've heard of it, but not the audio. Yeah. Weird. Weird. That is pretty much the case. So the the first woman in space, I was talking about this earlier, was this woman named Valentina. I'm like, I don't know her last name right now. Um, she went in 63 and I got pretty pissed. This is just a side note about conspiracy theory stuff, which is I'm watching this like TED talk video of this dude talking about these brothers and he's talking about Valentina, who was chosen to be the first woman in space. And uh, he pretty much claimed that she was just a, a factory worker and that she was chosen because she expressed that she wanted to go to space because it would bring honor to the Soviet Union. He doesn't mention that she was an amateur parachutist. Oh, wow. That would help. Yeah, because Soviet cosmonauts at this time, when they reentered the Earth's atmosphere, uh, the U.S. space program has the advantage of landing in water uh, with all our oceans. And uh, Soviets had to land in the Soviet Union. They had to land on land, which is very hard and dangerous. So they had to parachute out of the spacecraft between twenty and 10,000 feet. Ah. Which you have to think about the physical exhaustion and the the way that it tears at your body of going into space and then you have to fucking parachute yeah that's a lot that's so much work so the russians were tasked with finding women who could be cosmonauts who knew how to parachute Mm. yeah and valentina was an amateur parachutist she had become fascinated by parachuting and skydiving and was known to do this all the time she was a woman who in the late 50s was into parachuting she's pretty fucking spectacular yeah she's not like some fucking bolshevik cossack whatever with a woman with a you know kerchief just like (laughs) grubbing for soup it's just so it's still so insulting the way some people talk about the soviet union and their accomplishments so that's my side note which is that stuff's bullshit yeah it's so annoying still goes on even people who purport to be interested in debunking misinformation so so what do we think about lost cosmonauts lost cosmonauts i don't yeah i'm not convinced i'm not not there's not enough evidence out there that convinces me this isn't just propaganda of some sort meant to discredit whatever russia did do i mean it's possible that they sent someone up there and fucked up and they covered the story up but I feel like that would be more a part of American history. Like we mm-hmm. kept pretty close tabs on the Soviet Union during this time. Yes. And I feel like if their space program was littered with instances of cosmonauts going into orbit and dying, mm-hmm. I feel like we'd know. We do know about some deaths. Yeah. So why don't we know about these other ones conclusive, right. as conclusively as we know about the other ones? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, it make, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any goddamn. Sense. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. Oh, kill them all. Um, great album. Uh, <laughs> I am not. I am not convinced of this case, but I do think in general, the lack of knowledge about these theories points to uh, America's. In you know, Americans still to this day have been kind of brainwashed by a lot of the anti-Soviet propaganda that we've been fed, and we have huge gaps in our knowledge of what the USSR did and what they were able to accomplish, you know, yeah. huge highs, huge lows. Yeah. For monsters, sure. obviously godless, godless monsters. Absolutely. So that's what I took away. From it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking epic. You know, it's just, everything's on such an epic scale. It was so weird. It's so many overlapping stories and it's Russia. So maybe there'll be a podcast about it someday. I don't know. I mean, nah. in my dreams, in my dreams, in my dreams. So I'm on be my podcast tonight. <laughs> So that's that's the Lost Cosmonauts the Lost episode. Cosmonauts. Next week, we begin an endeavor dun, dun, dun. that uh, it's going to take a lot of a lot out of us. It could kill us. It could, because there's a lot to sift through. We are going to start recapping the ancient aliens conspiracy, which is vast enough that there are 14 seasons of a television Ooh. show about it. They are so needy for content. Do you think we could get George to call us or whatever to come in i think we probably could i i think yeah i think he probably lives in socal 
And in terms of conspiracy podcasts, like we're we're pretty big. Like there's a yeah. guy who has like three thousand Twitter followers who has a fucking serious you know radio what? show. I'm sure we send him. You know, we promise him a smoothie, a couple joints. He'll show up. We'll get him an unpop scarf. Yeah, I, we could scarf he can wear. So yeah, we're gonna next next week Patreon only. Maybe we'll put the first one out for free. Yeah, but or snap it. We're going to be recapping Ancient Aliens S1E1, Ooh, baby. Get to hear how many different ways people can say the word technology. Yeah. Technology. And it, uh, one thing you can tell about the first season of Ancient Aliens is they didn't expect there to be a season two. Oh, no. <laughs> because they pack, they pack a lot into season, er, into episode one, and then all of that shit has its own episode. Oh, God. Good oh, God. It, it is. is it is a vast conspiracy, and I can't wait to dive it into it. It is 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. It is, yeah, it is out of control. All right. Until then, we should get out of here. What do we have to plug? You can follow me on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown, Todd with one D, and on Twitter, but ugh, Twitter. And, like, I have Facebook, but whatever. Mm. Fucking no. Mm, right on. I'm kind of similar. Uh, my handle is Crawford Comic. And you can find me on there on YouTube as well. And, uh, you know, we can... Uh, have a little chitty chitty chat, chitty chitty bang bang chat chat. Little chit chat, little chitty chat, little chit chat. Yeah, leave some comments. You know, rate. I'd like to hear what you guys think of this, since uh, you know this is Adam's gig. Uh, this is his ship. This is his baby. It's all of our gig. No, I mean, I took it out for spin, and uh, hopefully, we brought it back in mint condition. I think we did. Sweet. I, I think we good. brought it back in minter condition. I feel good. I feel like I spritzed this with some peppermint oil, and now it is divine. Exactly. Heaven sent. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Laura, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.